So it was really just the pain of feeling alone and feeling disconnected that drove inquiry. You know, it drove me to ask, like, what is this all about? I mean, I think the purpose of pain is just to make you present so that you can just bring some attention to whatever is going on. And pain is a messenger. And when you get the message or you create the message, the messenger goes away, pain goes away. Welcome to Going Within, the podcast where I, David Naylor, and our guests dive deep, sharing our transformative journeys with psychedelic therapy and other awakening experiences. As the founder of Within, a psychedelic assisted therapy clinic in Austin, Texas, I'm dedicated to helping others find profound healing and consciousness expansion using ketamine in a ceremonial approach. Join us as we explore the life-changing potential of going within and listening to inspiring stories of transformation from various life experiences and ceremonies. Thank you for honoring me with your presence and attention today, and I'm so grateful that you're here in all of your infinite wisdom. Now, let's go with it. Some have described this man as a human psychedelic. Jesse's tools and growth concepts come from lessons learned in a past life as a fighter where he entered into a series of no rules cage matches before running the world's most profitable martial arts schools. Free thinking, forward focused entrepreneurs and other freedom lovers worldwide have successfully used his methods to simplify their lives and dramatically expand their businesses while leading daily lives of deep purpose and meaning. I can personally tell you interviewing this man he is the man who can teach anyone to have a black belt in reality. This is Jesse Elder. Jesse Elder, it's an honor to have you here, man. Likewise, I'm really, yeah. really excited. When uh, I first heard about this place and then this opportunity to have this chat, it was like, what could be more perfect? Man, thank you. Thanks for making the time, yeah. creating the time. Yeah. yeah. I've been following your, uh, your work, your posts, mm. your, uh, your message, your voice, and every post I've ever read has just had me think about things differently. Yeah. So that's what I read from your frequency and your energy and your voice, like you're having people look at things differently and expand consciousness. And you know, my first question is, when did this all start for you? Because clearly you were programmed like one of us at some point, right? You got your programming. Or were you born into this world just like already channeling? And I'm curious, when was that pivotal point for you? It's one of my favorite questions. Okay. Um, because, the, and, you, and you touched on it, I think we're all born with it. Mm -hmm. Like you're fresh from source. You're just like zero bugs in the system. Correct. Um, and there's some, I, I have some different theories about generational trauma, which uh, maybe we'll get into a little bit later. I think a lot of it is manufactured. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is manufactured paradigms, but not maliciously manufactured, just sort of you know unconsciously mm -hmm. you know passed on, and then people start latching onto these ideas of deficiency that they don't have anything to do with. It's my parents, my grandparents. Oh, no, no, it was a past life. That's why I'm dealing with this. I don't actually think that that's true or useful. I think we all come here knowing exactly who we are, what we're here for, like the signal is strong. And then amnesia sets in because you know, your soul is just playing cosmic Xbox. And so it's like, that would be boring if like the character knew it was playing the game. So you gotta like put on the amnesia layer. That way you can like actually enjoy remembering again. Um, so we're all born with it. I'm, I'm very increasingly appreciative that my parents, uh, when I was born, they just said, you know, we think he knows what he needs better than we do, so we're just gonna love him and stay out of his way. So 
uh, yeah, I was like, do your chores in the morning and we'll see you at dinner. Wow. Now, did the trauma, did the programming, did that set in for you? And if it did, how so? Uh, I think being born is pretty traumatic. I mean, you're going from like an infinite immortal soul to having this tiny little crying, pooping body. You know, it's like, that's probably pretty traumatic. But beyond that, um, not really. I mean, I, I never went to school, so I never had a really strong, consistent external authority telling me what I could and couldn't do. Um, my parents were extremely, like very loving and very emotionally available in their own way, but completely non-directive. So there was never any like, here's what you have to do with your life kind of a thing. Uh, and then when I was nine years old, I got into martial arts, fell in love with it because it was just like this physical expression and um, I was much more comfortable around adults than with other kids. And so it was cool to like actually make friends and then start competing and start training. And then I did Taekwondo for like 10 years. I got my black belt, I was teaching. And then I got baptized in reality when I was 19 because I was at some house party with this girl that I liked and some dude is mad dogging me. And I asked her, I'm like, what's this guy's deal? And she's, <laughs> she says, oh, that's my boyfriend. And I'm like heartbroken, angry, mm. embarrassed. Mm. I was like, I'm out. So I leave the party and as I'm walking down the driveway, this dude jumps on me, slams me into the concrete. And I realized in about half a second that 10 years of Taekwondo and martial arts training was not only worthless, it was worse than worthless because it was getting in the way of my natural instincts. So the first thought that hit my head after the concrete hit my head is, this guy's gonna get disqualified. Because I've done all these tournaments, and so you got all these rules, and you're playing tag, and so I realized that, oh wow, oh, this is a fight, and I actually don't know what I'm doing. Uh, luckily, they pulled us apart, I managed to get a kickoff, he dropped, I ran, but my entire faith was shaken, because for 10 years I'd been following this dogma of, you know, mm. sidekick, reverse punch, and that was the beginning of a very interesting journey where I stopped asking what's true. Because I observed in myself that the search for truth, whether it's what's the best martial art, or what's the best way to teach, or what's the best way to eat, or what's the best relationship stru structure, like what's the truth, who's the true God? I realized that that was a sort of uh, philosophical dead end because the moment you arrive at truth, capital T, mm -hmm. you don't have to think anymore. And now you're just defending what you know of as true. So I stopped asking what's true and I just started asking what's useful. Uh, and that's become a cornerstone of my philosophy. When you started going within, like, what, was it psychedelics first that you brought you within? Was it yoga? I hear all the stories. Some of it was meditation, breath mm. work. What was your channel inward? Yeah. There was a constant sense for as long as I can remember of feeling intensely homesick. And like, I would be seven years old, laying in my bed at home. Everybody's there mom, dad, three brothers, my sister and I would feel just devastatingly lonely. Like so, like I just wanna go home, mm. but I'm at home. Like this is very weird. And the pain of that loneliness just, I mean, I think the purpose of pain is just to make you present so that you can just bring some attention to whatever is going on. And pain is a messenger. And when you get the message or you create the message, the messenger goes away, pain goes away. But it was very, in, it was intensely lonely, so, being like having social awkwardness, 
bordering on crippling social anxiety, can't talk to girls, super high sex drive as I go into puberty. It was like a weird comedic combination. It was, it was strange. Your higher self created a fascinating uh, first, uh, you know, first young movie of this. That's a good way of putting life. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So it was really just the pain of feeling alone and feeling disconnected that drove inquiry. You know, it drove me to ask, like, what is this all about? Mm -hmm. Why am I here? Do I even need to be here? Because this is kind of bullshit. Like, mm -hmm. I don't even like this. And then I actually had a, a pretty, a pretty awesome, uh, catalyzing experience when I was 20, 20 or twenty-one, where I started competing in these uh, like fight club type fights, and they were at this bar in San Antonio. It was right when UFC first came out, so everybody was like all into reality Game fighting. Time, yeah. yeah. And I was a bouncer at the club, and I realized that if I don't do this, then I have to stop teaching martial arts because I, I can't look somebody in the eye and say, this is what works if I don't actually know. And outside of that little skirmish in, in the driveway at that house party, I'd never actually been tested. So I signed up to fight. It was crazy. It was no rules, no time limit, no weight limit, no safety equipment. Literally walk in there, and then somebody's usually carried out. And that, um, it, was, it was a crucible. Like it taught me, it taught me a lot uh, about what works, what doesn't work, the usually pretty vast gap between theory and reality, and I learned to split test paradigms very quickly. Was it a rite of passage? Big time. Yeah, yeah, they're big time. Um, I haven't thought about it that way, but you're right. It, it was a complete like and you before and after. It. Yeah, I mean, so all in. I had to do it. It's like this is my life is teaching. I know I'm born to be a teacher, but I can only teach from experience because that's the only thing it teaches. Words don't teach, it's just experiences that teach. So I need to level up my experience in order to actually have wisdom, not just knowledge and ideas. So I fought, uh, that year was, was pretty, pretty good. I, I won nine fights, I lost two. And out of the two that I lost, uh, one of them was, was the, the crucible of crucibles because I went up against this dude who is probably 30, 35 pounds bigger. Um, his corner had been watching me all season and I was like the only guy that knew jujitsu because nobody knew jujitsu back then, but I had gone to train with like Hoist Gracie and in the land of the blind, the one I'm in is king, right? So like I know more jujitsu than anybody, which is a huge advantage. So this guy, his corner had been watching me fight all season. They know that I'm gonna take him down and that once we're on the ground, that he's screwed. So we're circling, circling. I can see him just twitching. He's ready to just fire that bomb. And I'm, I'm like putting my chin out there. I'm like, take the bait, take the bait. And he pulls back. And it's like the movies when you see all the water washes away and then the tsunami comes in. And that was this dude's weight. He like shifted. I was like, oh shit, here it is. And I made myself wait for it because you can't, you can't give you know, what you're gonna do. So you gotta like stay out there. And he launches this punch and I'm waiting, 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 duck in, clinch, and I'm in. I'm like, all right. And the Brazilians that I trained with had this saying, they said, when we are in the fight, we will go to a clinch. When we go to a clinch, we will go to the ground. You are in my world then, because the ground is the ocean and I am the shark and you don't even know how to swim. Ooh. These guys are savages. It's fantastic. This sounds like a movie already. It was. Uh, it felt like one. This is the first 20 years of your life. It felt like one. So I go to clinch, and now I'm like, all right, here we go. Like, you're, you're in, solid. It's just a matter of time. So I'm like, feeling position, feeling position. He's trying to punch me, but you got, you're in close. And all of a sudden, I realize my hands are slipping. 
which is very weird because I took extra care to train with people who are way stronger than him, had much better ground game, much better grappling game. Why are my hands slipping? And all of a sudden I realize because I smell, as I'm pushed against this dude's body, holding here, I smell Vaseline. His corner had, had covered him in grease because they knew that I was going to take him down. So I'm holding, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, sh oh no, no, no. And he pushes me away, cracks me. Uh, I didn't go down, but it, it was close. And for 15 minutes, it was clinch, escape, get cracked. Yeah. Clinch, escape, get punched. By the end of the fight, uh, he won the fight. Um, but I tell my corner, I'm like, uh, I don't think I'm doing too good. I can't breathe. And my vision's going in and out. I think you need to take me to the hospital. So they load me in this car, we go to the emergency room, and turns out, uh, a doctor comes out after getting x-rays, and he said, You're, uh, you, know, you have a concussion, your nose has moved over a little bit, but the reason you can't breathe is because your lung is collapsed. Mm. And so now I'm sitting there thinking, the day before, that I'm gonna win this fight, I'm gonna win prize money, like $300, but that was like, I was making 550 an hour as a bouncer, so that's like, a fortune. At 21 years old. Yeah, and uh, not only am I not winning the prize money, I got my ass beat in front of all my students, all my friends, my family, like my world is over and now I've got medical expenses and no insurance. So it was like a very dark moment. It was an identity collapse. Big time. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Like everything that I thought I was, nope. So I'm laying there looking up at the hospital lights, barely able to breathe and the question comes in, how am I doing right now? Like, how am I actually doing? Because I was, yeah, you said it perfectly. It was an identity collapse. And so I asked that question, how am I doing? And this answer pops in immediately. And the answer is, I'm fine. Which really perplexed me because I'm in pain. I got beat. I don't even know if I'll have students after this because who wants, you know, my mind was like, who wants to train with a loser? And so how can I have this experience going on and I'm fine. And then that just sort of led to the next question. It was like, well, who the me, who's the me that got his ass kicked and who's the me that's fine? And that was like clicking on cosmic Google. I'm laying there, no substances, no painkillers, um, just pain, <laughs> just endorphins. And I'm looking up at the lights and all of a sudden this just starts streaming in and it's, it was nonverbal, but it was, you know how it is. So like you just get the packet of information and then it takes you some time to sort of unpack it. So the message that I received was that I have a body, but I'm not my body. I'm like, okay, well then what am I if I have a body, but I'm not my body? And it was just so clear that you're this thing that you guys call a soul. You call it a higher self, you call it an inner being, but it's really just this sort of outcropping of consciousness and you're like, a, a, you're on recon, not to accomplish anything, but to just experience. Like you're here to play, you're in a 50-50 partnership with the creator. The creator can't actually choose. That's the downside of being infinite. What are you gonna choose from? Like you can't choose. So what do you do? You create part of yourself that forgets that it's also you, so that it can choose, you can create, and now it's like you've got a customer who's constantly ordering new stuff from the kitchen, and you've got a chef who's happy as a clam because wow. you can keep creating shit that's never been created wow. before. That's fucking fascinating. So I'm experiencing all of this, I'm like, of course, of course, of course, and I'm looking up at these lights, and all of a sudden it hits me. 
that the lights are lit because there's electricity running through them, but the moment you turn the switch off, the bulb goes dark, it's the exact same bulb, same molecular structure, same heft, same density, same weight. It just is not illuminated. So the bulb goes dark, but nothing happens to the electricity. Like it's just wherever else it is. And I realized that's, my understanding was that that's life. Like these bodies, they move around, they're pretty awesome, they're animated. And then when that energy is withdrawn and just moves to something else, probably transcends time, then the bulb goes dark. But like that's just, you're just taking off your body. It's like not a big deal. And so I completely, I didn't really have much fear of death. Um, I hadn't learned too much of it, of that fear. But after that night, I was like, I, I could never again take death seriously. Like I just couldn't take it seriously. That's a catalyst. It was, uh, so it was pretty powerful. What did that open up for you? I mean, here you are 21 years old. What, what opened up after that? Well, I, I realized that, that most of my life, the darker times had been completely ruled by irrational fear. Mm -hmm. Fear of rejection, mm -hmm. the illusion of rejection, mm -hmm. fear of scarcity, loss of love, mm -hmm. all these things. And I realized that, wow, those are just literally stories that I keep telling myself that perpetuates the experience. And when you have a traumatic experience, which you know, contains pain, and then a day, two, three days later, you think about the experience and you, you get that zing again. Mm -hmm. That's actually a, a whole new experience. And then a couple of days go by and you think about it again and you get that zing. You think you're remembering the original event, but you can only actually remember the last time you remembered it. So we don't have 20 years of history. We have like 30 days of history. So it's whatever you've been practicing the last 30 days that you keep activating. So I just stopped telling the story that I didn't want to live. And I just started to notice as I was speaking of things that I didn't want, I'm like, mm, all right, let me talk about what I do want. Emotionally, it's the same thing. So to move from deep fear, unworthiness, scarcity, or whatever else, you know, your, your character's you know, level boss you're trying to beat, you just tell a new story and look for evidence of that story and you'll find it. And then you'll have a new reference, you'll have a new um, biochemical reaction, you'll begin to, to weave some, some new neural pathways. It's not complicated because the basis of life is joy. I was taught as a kid, you know, go to, go to practice, learn the instrument, learn the sports, mm. uh, go to school, get good grades, mm -hmm. perform, 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 mm -hmm. get married, you know, have kids. So it's perform, perform. Like we're all in this proverbial yep. hamster wheel totally. of, of external, I, you know, I love Alan Watts has a few videos out there that kind of show this, you yeah. know, and, you know, and then life just continues to, you know, we go through these transition states of consciousness where, okay, we feel bored, depressed, anxiety, you know, suicidal. We've all kind of yeah. been there, but really what those are kind of what uh, I, maybe you would agree is those are just, you know, reminders of our soul that maybe we need to get on a different soul path, yep. right? And we're not yep. honoring our soul. We're not listening. And so the, the, the rug gets pulled up underneath and then, and then, oh, we want to grab towards numbing, avoiding, you know, pharmaceutical meds, whatever. Mm -hmm. But really, if we can just move through that, right? How would you tell people, like, if they're in one of those consciousness states now, let's just say they're in a transition state and they're feeling the darkness, they're feeling yeah. everything getting stripped away. What would you yeah. tell them? Yeah. Um, when I went through a period of, of uh, really juicy, gnarly depression uh -huh. in my early 20s, uh -huh. 
And no matter what I did, nothing made me feel better. Right. Um, I would try and meditate, but I would end up falling into these naps that were just like I, I mean, the alien took your brain for a joyride. You know, you wake up like, ah, who am I? Ah, it's like awful. Um, and I, the only thing that worked was to stop resisting it and to separate the sensation from the description. Mm -hmm. So I stopped describing it as a, uh, an emotion. Mm -hmm. And I started uh, like separating what I was feeling into just kinetic or kinesthetic descriptions. So mm -hmm. I'm feeling heaviness, I'm feeling tightness, I'm feeling, so they weren't morally judgmental, this mm -hmm. is good, this is bad, it mm -hmm. was just the physical sensation. And that actually made me feel some level of control. Mm. That I can describe something in a non-judgmental way mm -hmm. and then maybe I'll understand a little bit better. And I was journaling about it one day and it was very dark. It was like, why am I on this planet? This sucks and uh, there's a mistake and God's a joker and uh, all this stuff. Is there a God? Yeah. And, uh, and I just realized, wow, this is what people call depressed. And then for some reason, I just looked at that word, depressed, depressed, depressed. And all of a sudden, it hit me. I'm like, mother, depressed, depressed, deep rest. Mm. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. It's like your soul, like, hey, time out, son. Mm -hmm. Stop flopping around. Yeah. We're going to pull the plug for a second. Yeah. Not all the way. You're still going to be here. Yeah. But you literally won't be able to move. You're going to not be able to get out of bed. You're going to have to be with yourself. Yeah. And once I surrendered to that and stopped trying to change it and fight it and do the Tony Robbins power moves yeah. and all this hijacking of yeah. our systems. Write out all my goals every morning. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. you know, kind of try to talk yeah. my force. Cry myself while into. you're doing your affirmations. You can't force source. Like, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't force source. That's yeah. a, at least a bumper sticker. If yeah. Not, yeah. I got it's like not that. a t shirt. That's yeah, perfect. We, we co own that since we created here. Done. Okay. Uh, it's, it's all yours. I, I have <laughs> ideas and I know what to do with it. Right. I'll give you royalties. <laughs> so, deep rest so stop fighting it and arguing with it and trying to change it mm. and instead and also take the label of bad off of it pain and suffering are two completely different things mm -hmm. pain is an inevitable part of life suffering is the label and the story that you put on it so mm. wishing it was different creates suffering except to resist that it persists is. Bingo. that's we hear that all the time yes. Either way, if you fight it it gets louder right like, just allow it right allow you know in fact one of my teachers that i sit with one of the most powerful words as I've, you know, the last three and a half years, I was 20 years sober, rehab at 17, very mm. similar to like mm. what you described. I feel like I went through a lot of that, that deep sense of sadness, nothing, why am I here? Like fear, people bullies, like mm. my dad's not here. Like it was just like, whoa, like all this pain, right? Mm. And I wanted to check out, you know, I wanted to escape. But then there was also the other side of that, where something very mysterious and magical and beautiful was here. And I, but I wanted it. I just didn't know how to get it, you mm. know. And so I tried to fit in and get love in all these, all the wrong places. Try to look for love, right? And found myself in rehab at 17. <clears throat> Spent you know two decades being sober and building treatment centers and helping people in recovery. But it was just a revolving door, you know. 95% relapse rate pharmaceutical reps and there's psychiatrists giving meds to just numb it out mm -hmm. and go to, from treatment center to treatment center to treatment center. I saw these kids just go from one place to another. A lot of deaths, you know, a lot of, it was, it was really hard for mm -hmm. me. But, you know, I found plant medicine about three and a half years ago that finally just allowed me to sit with myself and not do anything, not have to build anything, not mm -hmm. have to go anywhere, right? Because I was trying to force the source in mm -hmm. me. 
and it allowed source to come through me. And now everything gets to be creative expression, like a creative, like like a little five-year-old again. Right. You know, we we have journeys, we have group journeys where we all play and it's become like lions and cuddle and you know when I, I never knew what a snuggle, cuddle puddle was. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, don't touch yes. me. I'm cool. Not Yo, a big thing up? in Texas. Right? No, no. But you know, it, it really has been the greatest <laughs> activation and awakening of my life to be able to allow source to then connect and realign with source, to then source and move through me and to know that I am source and I'm one with source and that I'm a channel for source. And like it, now life gets to become about creative expression and play and love and lightness and it doesn't have to be heavy. I mean, do you find that to be true? One billion percent. Hmm. And just that last little rant that you just did, yeah. like that's the essence of it right yeah, there. Yeah, man, like but it took me until I was 40 years old, man, 39, 40 years that's, old. Who cares? Carrying that's all great. that weight. I was 25 pounds heavier. Wow. My skin was redder. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like I was carrying yeah. it. And you see it. We see it with people we work with. They're carrying it. Yeah. And that thing can become unclogged because yeah. we're a channel. Yeah. We're a source. And it can happen so fast. So fast, right? So fast. I think that's why sometimes they say in psychedelic therapy, and also breath work, it's not just psychedelics, but like you can have like 10 years of therapy in one session. Have you seen that with, with and what other, uh, what other tools do you believe in other than like, is, have you seen psychedelics as a tool, breath work? I mean, what, other, what are the tools you like to use in your toolkit? As far as tools and practices, um, partly because I came to psychedelics later in life and it's still, to me, it feels like a personal exploration, mm. therefore not something that I'm anywhere close to being qualified to, to bring in. Sure. But also because my, what, what keeps coming to me is the power of radical simplicity mm. and the understanding that the most powerful force in the universe is attention. Attention is the currency of transformation. Mm. And with the right focused attention, uh, literally miracles will happen. Like you can make anything happen with the right focused attention. Then words acting, words don't have power by themselves, but they act as magnets for power. Words focus attention. So with the right words, somebody's attention gets focused in very particular ways. And then it's, it's like playing catch with the universe. You know, you, you play catch and there's really three parts. Like you throw the ball, ball comes back you catch it your job is to throw the ball second part is not your job like you couldn't stop it you couldn't make it it just has to come down that's what the universe is going to do it's going to return it but you can catch it and so frequently what happens somebody will throw the ball up and then they'll go like this and they're just like where is it and it just like fell over here because you're not in the same place you were when you ordered it it would be like ordering something on amazon and then the day you order it you leave you move to a different state and then you're like where it says it arrived but where's my stuff you literally left the state you were in when you ordered it and that's what happens for people in creating wow. they're in a particular state when they think about what they want and then they leave that state and then what they want can't come to them because they just left the the. the Would you call that location. vibration? Would they like you leave a certain vibration? Yeah, vibration, Frequency? feeling, emotion, consistency, congruence. Mm. So back to tools. Um, I found that words are a nice wrapping um, around the experience and the frequency. Um, but I've seen the biggest transformation for people just being in a space for a day or a couple of days, where they are actually free to be themselves which is very, very interesting because when you go to a lot of events and festivals and ecstatic dance and all this kind of stuff, the premise is that you're free to be yourself, but there's this 
like subtle undercurrent of be yourself like this, you know? And it's like, that's exactly the opposite of what people are coming for. And so there's, it's rare for somebody to be in an environment where literally there's no judgment or pressure or desire for them to change. And that's what happens with so many healers and teachers. They've got so much invested in like, this has to work, I wanna help people. And that fucks it up because then it's like, you're putting your pressure on the other person and it's just like messes it up. So I found that the most powerful lasting transformations for people come by just, they'll, they'll, we'll just hang out and we'll just talk. But what it's, it's what's not being said that makes people usually aware of how hard it is to keep your own bullshit going when nobody's helping you. And you realize you're the only one that's like making up this dramatic story of why your life sucks. Nobody's helping you. I love what you said about attention. It's the greatest force, mm -hmm. you said. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it reminds me, there, there was a, there's a, a man we work with where he'll sit in the journey space, the ceremony space, because we, we help people <clears throat> access those states of consciousness through tools like mm -hmm. ketamine, mm -hmm. right, therapy. Um, we use other tools as well, like breath work and you know, sound bath, frequency, mm -hmm. you know, and there are other medicine paths out there. Uh, but specifically, and he would always <clears throat> have this intention, he's like, I, I wanna go there, I wanna go there, and like, he would say, nothing's happening on my journey. Nothing's happening on my journey. Mm -hmm. Like, cause he's looking to go mm -hmm. somewhere. Mm -hmm. The moment, you know, our, our guide said, hey, um, what if you just put your attention on what is and just be with what is? His whole life he'd been looking at there. Very accomplished man. Very, I mean, mm -hmm. highly accomplished. Mm -hmm. Always looking for there. Yeah. And the moment he shifted to the attention of what is, oh, there's something here, there's a pain, there's this, like everything just started to come in. All of that inner, that life force energy yeah. started coming through. Yeah. It's just fascinating, right? Well, it's, like, it's, it's like the, I mean, I, I referenced this idea of cosmic Google earlier, and I think that just like with your phone, your phone can have no music on it, but you can play any song, because mm -hmm. where's the music? It's in the cloud. Right. Where's the cloud? It's right here. Like literally every song in the, every song in the world is right here. Every video on YouTube is right here. Every website in the world is literally right here. Trillions of dollars that are flowing around the planet through satellite. It's right here. It's all right, right. Trillions of dollars. And one day it'll be a little chip right here, just right here within us. For some people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, some people, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the device is the receiver and transmitter. So it receives the signal, turns it into pixels and audio and vibration oh and everything else. And that's what we are, though we are receivers and transmitters. So. Um, when I, there was one, one concept that I began to work on a couple of years ago is this idea of time piercing. And time being a psychological construction rooted in language, uh, you know, when a, when a child is born, they have no concept of time until they hear, hurry up or slow down. Mm -hmm. So slow down means this is a better place than the other thing you're trying to get to. And hurry up means somewhere else is better than this. And so if that's just not a part of your vocabulary, then you really very quickly get back to the natural understanding that time is a total illusion, but it's a useful one. And if that's the case, if time's an illusion, then that means that just like every song exists in the cloud and you can listen to whatever song you want, that every thought that has that exists, that was thought, is being thought, will be thought, all exists simultaneously. Just 
not in this time. So what our brains and our, and our bodies have the ability to do is to use very uniquely human qualities, human abilities of memory and imagination. Memory is easy because it happened and we can think back to last Thursday or when you're 10 years old riding your bike or whatever and we're like, oh, this is what it was. Um, but if you were like 10 years old imagining yourself as an adult, you know, sitting on a couch and, you know, having a conversation with some strange, you know, bearded dude, if that was your imagination, well, who's to say that that child's imagination isn't actually you remembering being a kid? You're just both oh listening to the same music at the same time. It's like if, if you were in the, in the other room and you were like playing guitar, and I was in here playing keyboard, and then Patrick was in the other room and he's like, you know, on the bongos. The music transcends the space of the house. You don't have to see the, the instrument or see the musician to hear the music. Music transcends the, the, right. the, the visual. And thought is the same thing. Thought transcends time. So it's just a higher vibration. Um, so you can think a thought that, from your perspective, is the future. But that version of you who's living in, the, in there now right. is looking at it, feeling it, seeing it, experiencing it. So they're in that thought physically. You're thinking the thought. You call it imagination. And oh it's just they're playing the music from one place and you're playing the music from another. But it's the same thought. You're hooked to the same thing. And so when I began to really test this, um, I stopped treating imagination as a fantastic sort of like what if oh wouldn't that be cool and I just treat it exactly like a memory in reverse that I'm getting a memory of my future self right wow. now and so I began to teach people meditation which is super God, it's so simple um, it does require some suspension of disbelief and just being willing to test it and judge by results but um, you can get into a very light uh, alpha state which takes about five minutes maybe less and then with a very simple um, simple language, it's not complicated, it's not hypnotic, it's not NLP, it's not any of mm -hmm. that stuff. It's just one attention after another. And next thing you know, people are talking to their future selves and they're seeing their future self and people are having this visceral understanding that I'm not making this up. I'm not pretending in the sense that most people think, but you are pretending, you're tending in advance. Mm. Because what is what you're seeing is happening right now it's just another now so you can actually create anyone can create any reality 100 percent. there's either no other timelines or there's infinite other timelines what do you get from being someone who helps people activate consciousness and remember and find healing like what's why why, why is this your mission that's a good question um it ties to purpose mm -hmm. and i have uh my understanding of purpose is that purpose is synonymous with function. Mm -hmm. So there are no lies in nature. Everything in nature exists as it is. Um, and everything in nature operates along lines of instinct mm -hmm. so that it grows and develops into what it must become. Mm -hmm. Acorn becomes an oak tree, etc. Mm -hmm. Humans are the one thing, at least in this realm, that can defy that and we can avoid our instinct. Um, we can make up whatever we want to make up and act like it's real. And it's a uniquely human function. 
So in terms of purpose, uh, and my particular purpose as a teacher, if you think about the, the, let's take the sun. The sun exists. And as a byproduct of the sun's existence, there is heat, there's light. Uh, we'll just leave it at those big two. Yeah. So the sun exists. And as a byproduct, natural byproduct of the sun's existence, couldn't stop it if it tried. It has heat and light. Now, a tiny, tiny, tiny part of that heat and light lands on this place that we call Earth. Just the Earth is in the way. And here's the light, and all the overwhelming rest of the light doesn't hit the Earth. But there's a little bit of it that does. And the little bit of light that hits the Earth happens to have this byproduct of photosynthesis, which then happens to have this byproduct of symbiosis and, and life on Earth. Pretty cool. But if the Earth ceased to exist today, it's not like the sun will be going, oh, thank God, what a fucking drag. <sighs> the sun is, doesn't exist to support the Earth. The Earth being supported is a natural byproduct of the sun's existence. And the sun, I, doesn't, I don't imagine that it has some sort of type A personality where it's like, okay, gotta, gotta do better, feed the Earth better. Just gotta do better. Like it doesn't care. It just is. It just is. And if it's like, oh, you got life, that's cool. It doesn't exist, that's cool. You're just going to be the sun. You're just going to shine. So it's just you. It just is. It's just what I am. Mm. And so I'm not doing it for anything. Um, I can't not do it. Like it's just what I am. I am. Mm -hmm. The great I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember the first time in a, in a ceremony for me, uh, coming into the I am state of consciousness. I'll tell this story and then I'll, I want to you know, kind of share how people can find you out there because mm -hmm. I know that there are a lot of people looking for healers and teachers right now in the collective. Mm -hmm. But this story was really powerful for me. I was, in, I, was in a, uh, I was in a ceremony and I was dying. I was dying. And all the fear was coming up because that was the thing that led me into plant medicine was just like constant slow, like it's time for death. You know, death. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I'll think of that when I'm on my deathbed. Like, I don't want to think of mm. that. But it was like, it was like a persistent little knock mm. through my dreams, through awake, through my, taking a shower. And mm. finally, plant medicine was what helped at, for me access that. Mm. And finally, here I am dying. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I hope you're real. And oh, death is just going to take me. It'll be nothing oblivious. Mm. It'll be nothing darkness. No, Jesus, I hope you're real. Please, God, okay, I'll say that I... And all of a sudden... It was like a transformer. It was something that came through me. And I sat like this in this like divine prayer state for hours. Mm -hmm. And I just kept saying, I am that I am that I am that I am there. And there was no, and then eternal presence of now, eternity. Death was an illusion. Birth was even an illusion. Mm -hmm. And we just shape shift and move and yep were this eternal presence. Yeah. It was one of the most powerful experiences yeah. that I've ever had, and you helped bring that back to my memory. So mm. just being in your presence is activating, being your presence, mm. my presence, my eyes, I'm a little bit more present just being in your presence. So like, you, you know, being around your energy field, I think calls people into that presence because of your own presence. Mm. So thank you for that. Um, the last thing I wanna talk about is uh, Freedom Teachers. You know, yeah. a lot of people are getting so much value out of that. There's guides, there's healers, there's teachers. Tell us a little bit about Freedom Teachers. Freedom Teachers started as a, um, as just a notion. Um, 
there's a lot of, more than ever, people in the world who are feeling a call to support others. And the best ones, meaning the most effective and the most authentic, are ones who have had their own dark night of the soul, right. they've had their own hero's journey, they've arrived on the other side um, better than before, mm -hmm. and they've, they've come back with wisdom. They've come back with tools, and they're now sharing that very accidentally, very, in some cases, reluctantly, but it's what they are. And so I created a, a community, really I just set it up and then it's creating itself, uh, of people who are helpers of humans, specifically people who have made this their, their life's work. Um, so we, we don't tend to attract people who are, you know, they're dabbling or they're just like, it's a passion project. That's awesome. And there's a lot of other great places they can go, but this is for people who are all in. Um, this is how they feed their families. This is how they, they express their authentic value in the world. And so I've been doing trainings in there. Um, we opened the group in 2019. There's, there's so much content in there and there's so much training. Because I just, I remember what it was like in 2013 when I had sold all my martial arts schools. Um, I got divorced that same year and it was a hard reset. And I didn't really know what I was doing. Another dark night of the soul. Uh, less so than the collapsed lung, but yeah, yeah I was up there. Yeah. And I swore to myself that if I ever figured out the business thing that I would make resources that would be like breadcrumbs that, that people could follow. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's cool. I mean, I've worked with some of the biggest names in the industry and seen people go from an idea to $50 million coaching business, uh, routinely see people double and triple and quadruple their income wow. from coaching. Um, but I, I created Freedom Teachers as a way for people who are committed and they are sincere and they're willing to train and, and not just learn but they're willing to be pushed to really get into the heart of their message, the heart of their language, and how to open up their own channel to share the value that they have. Mm. So, That sounds amazing, man. It's pretty awesome. I know that for me, every, wealth had to come like the diamond. Like we all want to create wealth in our lives. I think mm -hmm. it's one of the most challenging for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it gets undervalued how you need to have training. Mm -hmm. someone to push you have something to, to push you, you have into to. that because we and want comfortability right our ego right. is protecting us right. at our cost you, you said and, it perfectly and, and you have had with your training in martial arts and fighting and discipline and presence like that is a true teacher and master and for you to create that container that pushes people to become that diamond if they really want wealth you have to go through something that makes you uncomfortable you have to yeah you have to yeah the only way and it doesn't have to be suffering but there will be focus. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be painful. You just yeah. have to focus. Yeah. And there's this, this illusion, especially in this, this wisdom economy, the illusion is that if you're good at what you do, then you'll be compensated hmm. based on your competence. Not if that focus is not there. Yeah. Nope. You don't get paid, you're, you're, you're not compensated based on your competence. You're compensated on how well you communicate. That's right. Competence is how you keep the money. That's, right. that's how you keep your clients, that's right. but that's not how you get clients. And so that's a huge gap in people's education and their understanding. So we close that gap uh, and it's so cool. I mean, getting, you know, when I get messages from people saying I was making $12,000 average per month, which is still good, um, but I just had my first $87,000 month and it's 96% net profit. Yeah. Next month is gonna be bigger. Yeah. And they didn't change anything about their offer. They didn't change anything about their genius, their magic. They just changed what they were saying. It's like, 
I'll, I'll do that all day and long. And their focus and intention and calling yeah. it in. Yeah. That is yeah. huge. Right? Exactly. Just dialing up that frequency. Well, and the money. Which takes focus, which takes some effort. It takes discipline. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. Because most people have such a low capacity for joy, they can yeah. only take it so good. Yeah. And then it starts to get good, and they're like, ah, they freak out, they get a little yeah. speed wobble going, yeah. and we're just like, no, take it, like, feel better, it's okay. Yeah. And as people do that, their relationship with money changes to that of gasoline. It's uh -huh. like, you know, you need more fuel, go to the gas station. Yeah. You need more money, go get some more money. Because where does money come from? A lot, of people, a lot of people will say source mm -hmm. and alignment and value creation. As far as I can tell, money only comes from one place. What's that? Other people's bank accounts. <laughs> and so not knowing. See, this is why freedom teachers make sense, right? I, I have wealth that I've been able to manifest and create, and I thought it was the source yeah. word. But you're right. Let's get real literal. Let's get, like that right there brings my focus to another level. Right. Like, oh, source brings me money. Right. Uh, how about no? How about other people's bank accounts yeah. and yeah, credit cards and check and, and what is it that specifically will make them oh my God. make the money jump from their account into yours? There has to be a powerful decision that's made. In order for that decision to be made, they have to feel totally safe, totally seen, totally understood, completely supported, and uh, this is not meant to sound offensive, but no, they yeah. have they have to feel like an idiot if they don't buy your stuff. Like for them to walk away without paying you would be an absolutely jackass move. And once they realize that, they'll move heaven and earth. Guys, this is this is real world training. Mm -hmm. Black belt in reality. Reality, and that's what I'm getting from you, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone has their ethereal 5D. Oh yeah, I've just meditated in, I set the frequency, but man, right. this real life training. Well, and, the, and that can happen. You can yeah. get so aligned that the money shows there. up. You can win the lottery, God, God yeah. can be your sugar right. daddy. Let's right. go for it. Right. But you're also, you're missing out. It's yeah. like you can also artificially conceive a child, yes. but you're kind of missing out on like the best part. And so, like, why would you want to miss out, not you, but why would yeah. somebody want to miss out on engaging an audience and building their own ethical cult of like-minded, sovereign so individuals? Why would they do that? Now, this is a really, I'm going to tell on myself, probably not the greatest metaphor, analogy to compare here. But I remember being um, 25 years old, out of college, and my girlfriend just broke up with me out of after five years. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how to date. And... You know, I was meditating, I was watching the movie The Secret, I was visualizing. Yeah. Sure, it kind of helped a little bit, not really, but until I actually, there was a, a book out at the time and it was an author and he was teaching young men mm -hmm. how to actually have yeah. confidence and what, go out there. What to say. And I, and I bought his course, <laughs> yeah. I went and met, I went to the seminar and by golly, it worked. Yep. It was reality. Yeah. It was reality. And that's yeah. what I'm getting from you. Reality about people finding their bliss and making money and transforming their income. Yeah. Freedom Teachers. Yeah. How do they find it? Uh, it's on Facebook, Freedom okay. Teachers Community, okay. uh, where they can just look me up, Jesse Elder yeah. or uh, Time Piercer on Instagram. Time Piercer, of course. Jesse Elder, it's an honor to My have you My pleasure, It's a pleasure really to meet you. And I look forward to going deeper. Likewise. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thanks, brother. Dude. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today on the Going Within podcast. The Going Within podcast is sponsored by Within Center. Within is a ceremonial psychedelic assisted wellness center in the heart of Austin, Texas. Discover more about our transformative practices at within.center.
If you enjoy this episode, we kindly invite you to follow us and share your thoughts with a review. Going Within is hosted by David Naylor, production led by Patrick Stanger, and filming and production by Rare Media. Please note the statements made on Going Within have not undergone evaluation by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Within, we strongly recommend consulting your healthcare provider for personalized guidance on the diagnosis and treatment of any disease or condition.